Good morning, churches. This is a day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Happy Independence Day weekend. I am Mark Hedegar, and I'm blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor at Stratford, Salisbury Center, and now Middleville United Methodist Churches, where we expect miracles, recognize miracles, and celebrate miracles together. This morning's memory verse comes from Psalm 62, 1 through 2. Psalm 62, 1 through 2. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall never be shaken. Let us pray. Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid. Clear our minds from worldly thoughts and cleanse our hearts by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that we may be perfectly love you and worship you today. We honor you, we praise you, and we are here to magnify your holy name in the midst of all you created. May the rocks cry out in praise as we gather here in your name. May the birds sing along with your people, the insects chirp in rhythm, and the animals pause to reflect on you, the creator of our universe, as we worship you. We ask you to bless us with your presence of the Holy Spirit as we gather here as one body. And may these communities hear our joy as we praise you, hear our songs as we worship you, and may they turn to you through our obedience and reverence. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This morning's call to worship comes from 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Amen. Uh, we have two readings this morning. Uh, the first one I will read from Psalm 13. It is a prayer for deliverance from the enemies. But I'm addressing that as uh, COVID-19 being our enemies. How long, O Lord, Will you forget us forever? How long will you hide your face from us? How long must we bear pain in our souls and have sorrow in our hearts all day long? How long shall our enemy, the virus, be exalted over us? Consider and answer us, O Lord my God. Give light to our eyes or we will sleep the sleep of death. And our enemy, the virus, will say, I have prevailed. Our foes will rejoice because we are shaken. But we trust in your steadfast love. Our hearts shall rejoice in your salvation. We will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with us. Amen. The second reading comes from Romans 6, 12 through 23. Romans 6, 12 through 23. Therefore, do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies 
to make you obey their passions. No longer present your members to sin as instruments of wickedness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and present your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Should we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you, having once been slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the form of teaching to which you were entrusted, and that you, having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to greater and greater iniquity, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness for sanctification. When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. So what advantage did you then get from the things of which you now are ashamed? The end of those things is death. But now that you have been freed from sin and enslaved to God, the advantage you get is sanctification. The end is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Uh, we move to joys and concerns. We uh, Every week, obviously, we ask you to, um, as we pray, just lift up those names that, uh, that you would like prayed for. Uh, the circumstances, um, utilize the prayer chain, call your church, and, and get the word out. We believe in the power of prayer. We believe in miracles. So uh, please, please, please call the church. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who built your church upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone, and do the universal church with the spirit of truth, unity, and concord. Grant that all who confess your holy name may abide in the truth and live in unity and godly love. Give grace, O Heavenly Father, to all Christian pastors, that they may both by their lives and by their doctrine set forth your true and living word. Give your heavenly grace to all your people, and especially to your servants gathered here today that with meek heart and due reverence they may hear and receive your holy word and serve you in holiness and righteousness all the days of their lives. Of your goodness, O Lord, comfort all who are in trouble, sorrow, need, sickness, or any other adversity. We bless your name for all your servants departed from this life in faith before us, begging you to give us grace to follow their good examples that with them we may be partakers of your heavenly kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
The title to today's message is Happy Dependence Day. Happy Dependence Day. I know some of you might have hit rewind at home thinking that I mispronounced that, but uh, bear with me. We're going to shake all that out and, and I'll explain it. Happy Dependence Day. Last week we discussed remaining focused and learning to live each day with an attitude of gratitude. I pray that you were able to hold on to that attitude throughout the week. I also pray that others saw that attitude of gratitude in your life and caused them to wonder why, and in some cases may have even asked you why. That's one of the ways we bring people to the Lord, brothers and sisters, by showing them that we're truly set apart from the world and we find our joy in Jesus and our salvation, not in our circumstances. So let us start off this morning with an attitude of gratitude for this beautiful day the Lord has given us to worship him. I honestly can't remember the last time we spent five Sundays in a row without snow. I mean, some type of storm. And yet here we are again, gathered outside to praise and worship our creator. There are no coincidences. Thank you for this beautiful day, Father God. So yesterday, America celebrated Independence Day. I'm guessing those celebrations will continue throughout the weekend. The American Revolutionist John Adams said Independence Day will be celebrated by succeeding generations as a great anniversary festival. He said the celebration should include pomp and parade, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other. And potato salad. He forgot the potato salad. But what John Adams didn't know was that sports, guns, bells, and bonfires are almost a daily occurrence in these parts. I can't remember the last time I didn't hear at least one gun round shot off somewhere in the country. And I can't be sure, but I think my wife and I heard cannons and muskets going off last night. Oh, I'm just kidding. I don't want to give anyone ideas for next year. As a veteran, I love seeing all the flags displayed on homes and on boats and in the towns. Even the local golf course had flags on every hole this weekend. It reminds me of all the sacrifices we've made over the years to remain a free and independent nation. Men and women in and out of uniform have made all kinds of sacrifices in the name of freedom and independence. We are a proud nation. We are a proud people. May God continue to bless America today and every day. But as I reflected on the word independence, a thought came to mind. As Christians, we're actually called to be dependent, not independent. We're called to be dependent. In James 15:5, we hear Jesus tell us, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me, you can do nothing. We are called to be dependent on Jesus. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Remember, as Christians, we are sanctified and set apart from the world. That fact alone should be a reason for us to have an attitude of gratitude. But Jesus also said that the world doesn't know him. 
That means some of our neighbors don't know him. And even some of our own family members don't know him. As believers, we are called to change that. We are called to witness for Christ in all we say, and especially in all we do. Now, you may have heard me say this a few times before, but we are called to show the world we are Christians by our love. And Jesus warns of us, warns us of what will happen to those who aren't dependent on him in James 15, 6. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. So we should be motivated to share our dependence on Christ and the reason we believe through our words, our actions, our reactions, and our testimonies. The world is bombarded with worldly opinions. Just turn on the news. Well, please don't turn on the news, but if you did, you would probably hear about another cross being removed from a public place or scripture being banned from government meetings. Several cities now use the Koran to swear in politicians. How did that happen? I would guess that most of us here today had some sort of Christian education in school during the week when we were young. And we prayed in school. Can you remember that? And what happened to the days when our Sunday schools were filled with children? Our schools and government teach our children to be dependent on the system, to be dependent on the government. When I was a kid, if you needed food or help, you went to the church. Now we go to the government, to the system they created. The danger here is that people are indoctrinated with the opinion of mostly liberal leaders who want to control them and their votes. And sadly, we know our politicians make decisions based on how the majority feels and how the majority will likely vote in the next election. So how are we to bring the nation to Christ and teach them to be dependent on him? Romans 10, 14 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It asks these questions. But how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? Someone once said that Christians need to really watch what they say, how they act, and how they react to circumstances because we may be the only Bible people get a chance to read. People judge the worthiness of Christ based on how they see us. They can't see Jesus, but they can see us. We are called to let them see Jesus through us, through our lives. Then maybe, just maybe, we can make a difference in their lives by leading them to Christ. In Ephesians 4, 1 through 4, we hear Paul urging the believers to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit 
in the bond of peace. And he reminded them, there is one body and one spirit. As most of you know, I'm retired from the Air Force. I know there are several veterans here today, and I thank you again for your service. Independence Day holds a special place in the hearts of veterans, as it does for most Americans. But one of the things I remember is in the service we were always told we represented the military whether we were in uniform or not. People judged the whole military based on how they perceived us in the community. That's the point I want to make here. As Christians, people judge Christianity based on how they perceive us. In Colossians 4, 5 through 6, Paul tells us to walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time, and to let our speech always be gracious and seasoned with salt. We can still be and we should be independent as Christians, but we are independent from the world and its fleshly ways and selfish beliefs. We are called to be dependent on Jesus and receive guidance and direction from the Holy Spirit. So as we celebrate Independence Day as a nation this weekend, let us also celebrate our dependence on the one who holds the keys of authority and control of death in Hades, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Acts 3.19 urges all of us, Repent, therefore, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. If you don't know Jesus, Choose to call on him today. Declare your dependence on him. 1 John 1.9 promises us, If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In golf, Alan Daly calls this a do-over. We don't deserve it, but we get a chance to start over again, as if our mistake never happened. When we accept Jesus, we are cleansed and forgiven. I want you to be cleansed. I want you to be forgiven like I am, like my fellow believers are. Come to Jesus. You can pray to him alone. You can ask a friend to help. Or come see me and I'll help you. Jesus is the answer. There is no hope outside of Jesus. Let us pray. Gracious God, we confess that we have longed too much for the comforts of this world. We have loved the gifts more than the giver. In your mercy, help us to see that all things we desire are shadows, but you are substance. That they are quicksand, but you are mountain. That they are shifting, but you are the anchor. We plead your forgiveness on the merits of Jesus Christ. Accept his worthiness for our unworthiness his sinlessness for our transgressions, his fullness for our emptiness, his glory for our shame, his righteousness for our dead works, and his death for our life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Normally we would do communion at this time, but since we are um, separated and we uh, some of us are listening to this over the internet, and some of us are in a beautiful field. 
um, we will once again do the love feast. So if you have something you can eat, a cracker, a donut, a slice of pizza, a hamburger, a roll, piece of bread, um, and something to drink, uh, please get that ready. Uh, the love feast, or agape meal, is a Christian fellowship meal that recalls the meals Jesus shared with his disciples, expressing the fellowship enjoyed by the family of Christ. Let us pray. Be present at our table, Lord. Be here and everywhere adored. Thy creatures bless and grant that we may feast in paradise with thee. Father of earth and heaven, thy hungry children feed. Thy grace be to our mortal spirits given, that true immortal bread. Grant us all in Jesus to prove the sweetness of thy pardoning grace, the manna of thy love. Amen. Matthew 22, 34 through 40 reads this way. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Brothers and sisters, we are the family of Christ. Let us share our meal this morning as well as our fellowship. Let us break bread and drink in remembrance and in love for one another, remembering that we are the body of Christ. Please eat and drink. Through our giving to the church, we build altars for the worship of God, not just in church buildings made with hands, but in lives enriched by caring and sharing. We bring our offerings and thanksgiving to God, remembering that we are but temporary stewards over all we possess. Brothers and sisters, if you are listening from home, I would just remind you that you can uh, set aside your tithes and offerings each week and, and uh, give them to the church when we gather again. Or you can also uh, send them to uh, Salisbury Center, Post Office Box 104. And if you write down which church you belong to or where you would like that um, offering to go to, we'll make sure that it gets to the right place. I thank you all for your obedience. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for hearing our prayers and restoring our strength. Thank you for drawing us apart from our selfish ways and self-serving pursuits. Let our offering today fulfill your purposes, not ours. Let these gifts summon others to Christ. Let them know the joy of breaking bread with a great physician who offers healing to all who dare to trust your mercy. Amen. God is the ruler of all worlds. Our mouths should be full of praise every day. We are to walk in the light as children of the light. We are to dare to follow where Christ leads us. We are to pro proclaim Christ crucified as Savior of the world. Now receive the benediction. And now may God bless your day by moments of quietness, with light in your darkness, with strength in your weakness, 
with grace in your meekness, with joy in your gladness, and with peace in your stillness. Amen. For those that we don't get to see each week, please know and believe that my wife and I, we love you and we miss you. We do look forward to being together again. 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 We look forward to being together again. Um, until then, please uh, stay safe and stay in the Word. And until we meet again, may God bless you and keep you.